What's up, everybody? This is All the Way Down, episode 34. Uh, I'm I'm your host, Invictus Knox. This is... <gasps> Dash Retro is me. Hello. How's it going? That's Dash. That's Dash. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing quite well. I've got... Uh... I've got some life news that's happened uh, in in the past little bit, but first of all, happy Easter! It's Easter today, dude. I wouldn't have even known if I didn't get on Twitter today. It's wild. <laughs> oh yeah, my uh, my, well, yeah. I mean, I, I had to be reminded uh, at least in the last couple of days. But my my family is a big Easter family, you know. So you know, oh, yeah. I went over to the uh, to the parents' house and. Uh, did Easter family visiting kind of stuff, but not you. No, no Easter festivities for your family. We we used to be a pretty big Easter family. We used to do like a gathering with the egg hunt and all the whole shebang. But everyone's pretty much moved away, and at this point, at like half of us are in Florida and half of us are in uh, North Carolina, and I'm still in Virginia. So yeah, you know, there was a little while right where like the egg hunt kind of idea was a little outdated you know but now enough of like my cousins and i have kids that are old enough where you know now it's kind of back right we've got like a, a a decent number of children once again and so yeah the the egg hunt is back um <laughs> yeah and i'm childless so it's it's a hundred percent like yeah it's a hundred percent to do with whether or not kids are in your life um, yeah right where does that come from though you know that gets me thinking about like the word easter egg in video games uh is always to denote something that was put there but was not necessarily meant to be found by easy eyes you know it's like a little bit of a bonus piece of information but like right an egg hunt is an intended event you go to it to look for it you go you don't just find easter eggs you don't just find yeah. eggs in the wild <laughs> That's true. I, I yeah. I guess. I mean, the the intended event, I suppose, is the game itself, right? Like, pretty much. You know, the the. I guess you can go on an Easter egg hunt in a game if you want, but yeah, you know, I guess I never really thought about that. So I much. guess you know, playing a video game, I guess, is the is the going to a hunt. But still, I don't know. I thought it was weird how Easter egg was the word that was used for that because it's such a like. I get that it's like a ooh, I'm hiding this here, but at the same time. Why did Easter egg come about in video game terminology, like, as a, as a, uh, I don't know, maybe, fuck it, there, there's achievement hunters, but, you know, those, that's different. Right. Oh, yeah, I hear you. And, and also, Easter egg has been a term for a lot longer than achievement has been. Has it? Oh, yeah, I mean, achievements were Xbox 360, was like when they were new. Well, yeah, so, so I'm thinking, like, achievements, like, the, I mean... Shit, that is a good thing to think about. I mean, there's definitely, like, goals in video games that are optional. Yeah, yeah you know, actually, this is kind of a funny topic because I sort of lament the idea of a system-level achievement, you know, because games, you know, this is something I'm sure everybody's already heard someone say, but, uh, you know, I, I remember when Ratchet & Clank had something called skill points, right? <laughs> It was a menu, it was an extra menu in the game, like it was under the extras, of here is a list of just the names of the skill points, right? 
It mm-hmm. might have told you what planet they were on also, like what level they were in, but all you got was the title of what is the skill point called, you know? And they were all something that was like an achievement would be now, like get through this room using the grappling hook and never touching the ground, you know? Or like get through this level doing this kind of thing. And, uh, and, and you know, sometimes in the game it would just say, hey, you got a skill point, awesome. And what they actually did was they unlocked some, well... I was going to say Easter eggs, but I guess they're not really that. (laughs) You don't really unlock Easter eggs. You just find them. Yeah, it, they just unlocked some bonuses that were things like um, like a behind-the-scenes dev video, right? Or like a, you know, maybe like a model viewer or something like that. I don't think it was that specifically. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was specific. Well, one thing that I remember that it was specifically with Ratchet & Clank was that that game had very good advertising. Like, the commercials for it were super funny. And the commercials you could unlock in the game to watch. So, you know. Just, just to be like, oh, here's the silly commercial that was for the game. I, um, yeah, I remember them. You know, they're they're they were kind of like the uh, the fifties, sixties exaggerated versions of like old American advertisements, but in space, that kind of thing. What I remember the Ratchet and Clank commercials being was it was like they were testing out the weapons. It was like live oh, okay. action, live action. Oh, we got the Devastator. We're going to test it, you know, and they test fire it and it and it and they miss the target and it blows up the building behind the target, you know, and like that kind of thing. You know, they were they were comedic, right? Um and, and, you know, back in a time where you didn't see as many ads for video games in general, so seeing one that was, like, also funny was, you know, a, a, a funny thing. And, yeah, it was enough to where they included it in the game as an unlockable. But my whole point here is that they did they unlocked something in the game. They unlocked some kind of bonus for you, you know. But now achievements are, you know, when, when, when it's with the 360... Uh, when they put it system level, yeah, now it's, it's something built that into it. <laughs> yeah, so now it's something that the developers have to put in the games, right? Whether it's inspired or not, and it doesn't do anything, right? Oh my just... god, yeah, and that's actually we. I was talking about this recently about how you see speedrunners still becoming like a it's 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 a growing category, but achievement hunting is like down in my opinion. Like achievement hunting, there, there was a whole um. There was a whole comedy channel on uh, YouTube dedicated to achievement hunting called Achievement Hunter, but that that they base their content off of, you know, hunting achievements. But it's like exactly what you just said. What do you get out of it other than, in most cases, like a Steam achievement or just like a a platinum trophy or something like that? You have to be a completionist for that sort of thing to be. And and, and thinking about it from like a game game developer's perspective, how annoying must it be to just fucking have to program achievements for you? Like have to program. Do they have to? I don't know if they have to. I think, I mean, I imagine they have to. I'm not sure. Sony at least is pretty, well, well, yeah, I mean, I think every... Xbox 360 game like the the not only did they have to but like the the point value always added up to 2000 I think was the deal you know like like every game had to be worth 2000 points if you did everything um, yeah, it is, but like at a, at a certain point, it almost waters down the entire reason it was cre- it was created. Because if you have all these developers just kind of phoning in the the achievements because they don't think their game is one of those games where you really hunt for achievements, you kind of just get achievements like do the tutorial 
Yeah. <laughs> Finish chapter one. <laughs> so I used to work at a at a video game retailer that shall be unknown, uh, unnamed, and there there were definitely a lot of like there were. Uh, a group of people that would buy games specifically because they've heard that this game has a really easy list of achievements. Huh. Right? So they would buy, you know, I think at, like Avatar. There was like some Avatar, The Last Airbender game that was notorious for having only one achievement that you could get in 10 minutes and boom, there's your 2000 gamer score. Wow, right? man. That's. And, this is like the, this is like a, such a weird microcosm in time that I think is already ended, and I don't know if we'll see it again anyway. It's like it's such a point in time where people cared about their gamer score, or right. they cared how many trophies, or like, oh my god, people are hunting games for like, oh, I heard it's easy to get my gamer pl- pl- fucking profile up to score with this game. Oh my god. Yeah, I do think that trophies will last longer because, like, uh, to me, the the amount amount of gamer score you have is such like a a nebulous arbitrary thing that like it doesn't mean anything once it gets up to a certain number right but it's all ultimately up- on your profile picture right like it's like not an in-game thing it's not like i have items that i can equip to make my character look cool it's hey when you're looking through your friends list to see if i've been online in call of duty warzone uh it'll have this little you know little change of pixels in the corner of the of the of the profile picture you know it's like yeah what are you actually getting (laughs) even more than that though if your gamer score is a hundred thousand people don't know whether that means that you hundred percented 50 games or (laughs) if you played a little bit of 200 games you know what i mean Mm, and so there's not even any information to glean from the number right but with trophies there is at least the fact that the platinum trophy means that they got all the trophies and so you can just count your platinums you know you can at least see oh i've got 10 platinum trophies and that at least gives you some amount of information you know take this uh take this this service this use case i guess if you will and try to explain it to people like 20 years prior (laughs) Mm -hmm. and 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 like see like the look of confusion on people's faces that you would be bragging about things that get you like you get you wedgies and shit in, in high school, you know, or not high school, I guess, but elementary. You get bullied for for like caring, like oh my god, I beat this game with these achievements and this amount of time, like that, like that. G- gamer culture, I think, is like super new to where it's like all these, I don't know, all these small things are getting tried. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's something that like I I. Um... I, I do think that trophies will last a little bit longer as far as Probably. what people care about because of because of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, as far as what it boils down to nowadays, as far as Steam or, or Xbox or PlayStation, wherever you're getting these things, um, really, it, it, for me, it's a thing where if I really, really, really like a game and then I look at the list of achievements that I don't have and they sound fun to go for, then I'll go for them. And in that case, I think that they are still good, where it gives you an idea for a type of playthrough or something that you, you know, might not have had. Like, speedruns themselves are are just an unwritten achievement, right? Or people yeah. doing hitless runs of Dark Souls or something, right? People are looking for extra challenges challenges to play their favorite games over and over again um but that's the thing though is that like 
generally the community will come up with better achievements than what the game actually asks for, you know? Exactly. It's like people are going to be able to come up with... If, if a game is fun and just has endless replay value, people are going to do whatever the fuck they can in it to give you any kind of... Like, man, like Counter-Strike had surfing servers where you just... Oh, I think you just kind of like rode along a, sp a specific jagged edge of geometry and then the way that the source engine worked made it so you could kind of follow it and you could kind of like like ski with like a slope and it was like a like a race car like race car like a fucking hot wheel tracks people are building in servers that are just absolutely not counter-strike you know team fortress yeah. 2 did this too where you had yep. uh surfing servers too where like you had to like run down a big slope and i think you got shot up it was crazy but it, <laughs> that's community driven of course the, steam's not going to come up with that or valve they're, they're not going to make that shit yeah, yeah, and like, you know, something like Super Mario Bros, people have done like, you know, collect all coins, or like, walk only, right? Like a walk-a-thon where you have to get through the whole game without running. Is that running. possible? Uh, <laughs> so, um, yes, uh, <laughs> however, the final jump to get to Bowser, you know, in the final castle, the <laughs> last jump over the lava pit, I think this is if you take warps, um, as in like you take the warp zones, uh, the very last jump in front of Bowser is too far to jump without running unless you do a wall jump, which <laughs> is like a speedrun specific uh, or very special exploit in the game. It's not an intended mechanic. Yeah, but um, what you're saying is it's a very challenging maneuver that happens at the end of the run. <laughs> yeah, it's the, literally terrible. the last jump is the only one that you have to do it for. Trash the um, run. Well, I, I'm sure a game that old has probably got a pretty quick time for speed running, but still, like imagine throwing the whole run away at the, at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the... The speed run where you're allowed to run for that game is is like four fifty five, four fifty four, or something like that. It's under five minutes. Um, so I don't know how long it takes to walk yeah. through the game, but at least ten minutes. <laughs> oh, probably. God. Yeah. What's it? It's like a if you think about it in terms of uh, movement speed is double if you run. I don't know if it's actually double, but yeah, I think it's a lot more than double. I'm I'm not positive though. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I also wonder if you're able to walk through the entire game warpless though. I'm sure, I'm sure if you don't take warps, there's probably a few more gaps that are too big to jump over, but I'm it not It made positive. sense when you said warp because you kind of have, to, I mean, I would assume there are levels where you have to run to make a jump. There's got, there's, I know there are. So it's like, you have to be able to skip over them, I guess, maybe. Yeah, and maybe, maybe you have, have to take certain like, patterns of warp too. Like you have to take warp zone two and then you have to take warp zone seven and you know, or just don't take warps on this level at all, or something like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, Ma Mario uh, 2 actually has some, some like the vegetable throwing one, um, has some interesting things with like the, war <laughs> like the warp I, path. I, I'm sorry, I'm, I was going to ask which one, and then as soon as you said the vegetable throwing one, I've never heard that before, but I immediately knew which one you were talking about, because I was oh, like, yeah. well, it wouldn't make sense otherwise, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that one's got a weird warp path on it. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I, you know, I don't think that the first one has has that kind of thing going on. I was well, surprised I mean, at how good that game is. Like, for I mean, I know it's technically Puyo Puyo, but like as a Mario you mean Doki game, Doki? yeah, Puyo, yeah, Doki Doki. <laughs> it's not Panic. Uh, Doki Doki. Yeah, Doki Doki Panic. Doki Doki Panic. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah. So not the one that's literature club. Yeah. (laughs) But that one, uh, that one, I was surprised that like as a Mario game, when I first played as a kid, it felt very different because the graphics and all the Mm -hmm. vegetables, that was obviously a totally different thing, but it worked really well. Oh, yeah. For being a reskin game, game? yeah. It's a, it's a fantastic game. Mm -hmm. Um, Great graphics, great soundtrack, you know, multiple playable characters. They all got different abilities, you know, and like the the you can get through the levels in a different way depending on what character you're you are, you know. Was like that the first this, time you got to play Peach? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. And there was tons of cool stuff that was like, you know, if you're this character, they can make this jump, but if you're this character, you gotta go this way. But then they're a little faster at doing this part, you know, and mm. yeah, it's such a cool game. Love it. So um your uh your your time has been spent um unknowingly to me until the very last bit of your run playing Tomb Raider. That's right. Uh after after Tomb Raider Angel of Darkness was the first Tomb Raider game I, I played through, uh due to our, our mutual friend Camel, mm-hmm. I finally got around to playing the original Tomb Raider on PS one. Um and yeah. The uh, short version is it's it's fantastic. Uh, I, it's I love much it. better than uh, Angel of Darkness. It was a lot better than Angel of Darkness. Yeah, um, I do still think that uh, the controls were rather clunky, but they were clunky in a way that made a lot more sense than Angel of Darkness. You know, uh, mm. but yeah, um, overall, like like broad strokes, what is Tomb Raider? You know, and like what kind of game is it? It's it's really up my alley it's like exactly the kind of game that i like i think where um you know it puts you you it drops you in a level right you know and you you have a goal to get through the level um no they're they're uh it's really not bogged down in uh like too much story or exposition or even like well one thing i really like is that there's pretty much no talking or exposition in a level it's all like story beats that happen between levels and so when you're in a level the game is extremely like respectful of the player's ability to get through it you know where they just drop you in and your goal is that you know there are levers here that do something there there's um what what do you mean by extremely respectful of the player's ability to get through it like uh the Lara doesn't talk out loud to tell you about the puzzles. You don't have to stop mm. and and have a cut scene like stop everything and show you how something works or anything like that, you know. Um So you right. mean respectful in a way that someone approaching a game who probably knows what they're doing a little bit kind of, you know. They're not bothering you. So in other words, like if you're if you're playing Uncharted cuz I always draw the Tomb Raider Uncharted comparison, mm-hmm. uh if you just sit still like idle for like two, I don't know, two like two or three minutes, your 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 camera will kind of like nudge to the to the direction that you need to be going, be like yeah. give you a little sound cue like and then Nate goes Hey, maybe I should try and go up there or something. Right, like it, right. He, he won't say something that blunt, but he'll actually, you know, the voice lines are written well enough in that game to where yeah, it passes. Like, you know, Sully will be like, Nathan, get your ass over here. You know, yeah, so, yeah. Something like that going on. Nothing like that yeah. going on with Lara. Right. With Tomb Raider, the game is like, it. the game expects me to be an observant player and to and to fiddle with things and figure out how it works, you know? So what happens is, um, you know, you'll enter a level and uh, basically there's just only so many ways to go, you know? You might see, like, there might be, like, three doors that you can get to. Um, and the levels are kind of, like, 
Uh, they're pretty varied, but overall, it's sort of an Indiana Jonesy adventure kind of thing where, um, you know, you might be in the sewers and, you know, you got to get through the sewer level. Or now, now we're actually in Egypt and we're in the pyramid, right? And, you know, there's, uh, there's puzzles in it, you know, and that kind of thing, right? The le- the, each level is quite different. Uh, some levels is basically just traverse through it while other levels is solve the puzzle. Um, and either way, it's really good. I mean, you're platforming, you're solving puzzles, there's combat where, like, sometimes, you know, uh, a bear or a tiger or something comes out and now you're shooting at stuff and trying not to get killed. There's booby traps, you know, with all of these puzzles and that kind of stuff. Um, and, yeah, so it's just all of these all of these elements are just fun video game things, you know? Jump through the obstacle course, shoot at the enemies, solve the puzzles, avoid the traps, get the treasure, get the keys, open the doors, move on, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's all up to you to, like, observe everything and figure everything out. Um, so it doesn't yeah. hold your hand is what you're saying. Not at all. And I loved it for that because, yeah, a lot of the... A lot of the the uh, levels were pretty confusing. Uh, you know, there was there was some confusing stuff, um, but it was just the right amount. You know, where where it was really uh, really fun to figure out and uh, and get through. Yeah. Um, I, I so my 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 points of criticism would mostly come from. The first is what I said a second ago, where the controls are a little clunky. I was going to ask, like, do you have like tank controls in that game? You do have tank controls, and that's the thing is is um the the clunkiness of the controls kind of works because the game is very setup based in that like when you look at a level, you can see behind the scenes you can see the matrix a little bit in the levels you see the wireframes yeah where like you can tell that everything is based on like a tile set you know like like this is one t- this platform is one tile large and it's two tiles away from the next platform and that kind of thing and when you do the hop back move with Lara she hops back one tiles worth you know cool and uh and, I was like, going to ask because like the fit how are the physics because the physics and and Angel of Darkness were god awful. Uh, I'm not sure what exactly you mean by the so physics. I, so okay, so in Angel of Darkness, if I hit circle to jump, approximately eight minutes later, Lara will jump in whatever given direction. What you might have had the thumbstick pointed in that time, and it may be an overhead jump. It may be like a, a sidestep, or it may be a character pivots to the right. Okay, um, yeah. And all three of those things can happen within this within the span of a couple seconds. Yeah. So one thing that uh, the original does a lot better that that Angel of Darkness fucked up was the fact that the original doesn't use the analog stick. It's tank controls and it's with a D pad. So you're not gonna get those like accidental side flips into the middle of nowhere, you know, because you you have to be deliberate with the D pad, you know. It does, however, have the problem where it's like when you press jump, she doesn't just jump. 
it like waits until her next foot lands and then it jumps off of her foot. You know what I mean? So, like, there's this priority on the animations looking good that makes the jumps feel super clunky. I was going to say, this game has a lot, like, when when I look at the way Laura kind of just, like, her her movements before she jumps and then she springs and then she lands with a spring, it's like, it reminds me a lot of, like, how Virtua Fighter, which is a a Sega 3D fighting arcade game at the time, it had a lot of fucking, uh, it was just three buttons, but it was all motion-based, and so it made it hyper-realistic in how you could move in a 3D space. It seems like, even looking at the game, like you said, animation takes priority over actual input because you have to wait almost for, like, in fighting games, what we would call recovery frames uh, for, for an animation to play out and finish before you can input again. Is that what you're kind of referring to, where it's like you feel like you got to wait for her to just kind of oh, get settled in and then you can do the next thing? Yeah, w- what it really manifests itself as is a game where you can't, like, it's not Mario, um, mm-hmm. as in, like, you you can't just run at a ledge and time your square press, square is jump, and, like, time your square press to leap right off the edge, you know, and stuff like that. You, you don't have, like, a flow where 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 you flow from one jump to the next really um at least not at not at a beginner level you know i'm sure the speedrunners can do it but like for <laughs> me it was it was a like i want to jump there, there's two gaps right like it's a it's a gap and then a platform and then a gap and then another platform it becomes a thing where you run up to the edge stop walk up to the edge so that you're <laughs> as close as possible to it without falling off then uh, then press down to hop back one tiles worth oh. so that then you can press forward and then start holding square after the first step so that she goes one step two step and then jumps off that foot and that gives you the biggest jump right do you, wait, okay so when you do you preemptively press and hold square and then release it for the jump uh, no, you just keep it held. Okay. But yeah, you press it early because she's going to do it when that foot lands, you know? Because when you do the one hop back, I mentioned that that's like one tile's worth, and then two of her steps is one tile's worth. So it's like stop, walk to the edge, hop back, run forward, jumping off the second step, and then release all the buttons in the air so that when she lands, she just stops. Because otherwise, if you're holding anything, who knows what the fuck's going to happen. She it, might jump it'll again. It'll as an input, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she might run off the edge, something like that. Um, so, so just like release all the buttons, and then she lands on the next platform. Okay, do it again. Walk to the next edge, hop back, hold forward, jump, uh, you know, start holding square at some point so she jumps at the right time. And then maybe this time you have to hold X while you're in the air. That makes her, like, grab a ledge. If there's a grabbable yeah. ledge, you have to hold X for her to do that. Um, so, yeah, it becomes very setup based. You know, every jump is like sort of this borderline pain in the ass. Like, <laughs> like do this, do this, uh, this um, clunky setup, you know, to do it. But the way that the game is designed with this, like t- with these clear tiles and how far away it is everything, it all works out, you know, like it, it, 
it doesn't feel terrible. It's not it's not like Angel of Darkness where you do everything right, it feels like, but then she just like does some wacky thing and side jumps off into a pit or something, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Okay, good. Uh, but it is still pretty slow and deliberate and setup based. Um yeah. I was gonna say, uh, I was in your chat when you actually beat the game, which congrats, cool, uh, congratulations, um, happy for you. I want to do the same actually because I. Uh, we, so for first little context, everyone, uh, Dash and I have kind of the unique perspective of Tomb Raider, where we started with a game that was just dog shit on a bet uh to see how far we could get and i'm willing to bet most people probably played tomb raider if if at all they're probably playing it from like the 360 or like the new version um you know coming into the old or they started from the very beginning which is the game we're talking about now um so it's like we 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 have that like we have that weird like comparison that we're drawing just to see how bad realistically how bad a game it could be uh much later on in the series compared to where the series starts, which is kind of embarrassing, I guess, to say. Right, yeah, the first one is a lot better than, I mean, Angel of Darkness is, like, not to talk too much about it because we have an entire episode about it already, Um, but yeah, I mean, my takeaway from that game was, like, it was close to being great, but, like, there were just some extreme fundamental flaws on top of Mm -hmm. it being horribly unfinished that made it, like, very very bad yeah uh and And, and i was saying i was in your chat and uh oh another quick thing Uh, i saw you playing it with the non-dual shot controller props on that i think that's badass i want to do that with the same way too um but also in your chat uh, i noticed that when um Son of a bitch. I had it. Oh, no. It was another person in your chat. I can't remember who it was. They they made a comparison of the game, and I never really could, like, understand uh, how Tomb Raider kind of, like, a, a way to describe how Tomb Raider plays out until he said, or, or they said, I'm not sure who it was, but they said, uh, it's, I hear Tomb Raider takes a lot of inspiration from Prince of Persia. And I was like, oh, shit. This game is literally just 3D Prince of Persia. It makes perfect sense now, because Prince of Persia is a two, like okay. We're we're not talking even the sands of time on PS2. We're talking OG Prince of Persia. It's like a very physics like slow rumbly like the physics of the moment. Not like everything going on at once, but like you controlling one character, of which there are multiple limbs that you have to account for the forward momentum of. You can't jump too hard because then you might roll forward and then fall to your death or stuff like that so i was like oh shit now i kind of get exactly what tomb raider's gameplay is about (laughs) yeah the the, the uh, physics of of actually going through all this yeah like it's really important to properly size up your jumps in the game because Mm -hmm. you know you can over jump and you can and you can under jump right um particularly one thing that always kind of annoyed me is that like let's say there's a ledge that you're trying to jump up to and grab you know like you're gonna jump and grab this ledge 
if the ledge is close, like it's closer than maybe you're thinking it is, and you do like the hop back two steps for a full jump setup that I was talking about, she'll hit it too hard and bounce off of it, you know, yeah. uh, and fall down, right? Which is like super annoying when that happens. And okay, it turns out that this one is the setup where you need to walk up to it, stop, and then just jump from there, you know, and her little jump will make it perfectly. So do you um, have to assess these by experience only or is it like a thing you can eyeball i think you can eyeball it uh but you know the it, it it's a little exhausting to have to yeah. have to <laughs> to have to um but yeah i mean at least i think it is something that you know like i was saying you can the way that the game is uh is put together like you can definitely come up with some measurements in your head of like of like how far do each of the different jump types exactly take you and and predict things you know but i def i definitely made the mistake a lot of over jumping into walls and and hitting them and it was annoying <laughs> Um, I mean, how how much time does it actually? Well, I guess you know, if the whole game is jumping, if you're if you're taking, if you're taking one fifth of your time just recovering from over jumping, that's probably going to take a lot of time over time. Right, and, right, and like it depends on the jump too. Yeah. You know, some jumps you miss it and you fall down to the bottom of the room that it took you five <laughs> minutes to climb up to. You know, Fuck. sometimes it's that. <laughs> it's right? so demoralizing. <laughs> right, while other times it's just try it again and you're fine you know you said uh, that and i had angel of darkness flashbacks right um <laughs> so yeah i mean there's some of that in there but like i'm saying though it does always feel in this one it, it's never like an accident that it happened you know it's always just oh shit that's a shorter jump i need to do a smaller one you know and then you go up and you do a smaller one and you're fine uh so it's you got can't that. save scum it you can't just f5 it Not so <laughs> That actually brings me up to one of my favorite things about the game, um, which was the save system. So I don't know how it was on PC. I think it's different on PC, but I played it on PlayStation, right? Original mm -hmm. version on PlayStation. And the way that it works is there are crystals strewn about the level, you know, some, most of them in significant spots. And when you reach a save crystal, you can have one save from it and then it's gone. You know? Like... Imagine in Resident Evil, huh. right? I imagine every typewriter in Resident Evil only had one ink ribbon. You know, well, I, I've I, I haven't played Resident Evil, but okay, yeah. So no, imagine Final Fantasy. Like, imagine the save point just going away. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, after you save once, it goes away. Yeah. So it it creates this system of like every time that you get to one, awesome. That's your new checkpoint. You know, I made it to the checkpoint. I saved. The save point is now gone, but it's my checkpoint. I load here every time now, or you can choose to like say like I'm gonna save this one for a minute, you know. I'm gonna go into the next room and see what's in there, you know. And then maybe I'll do something and then come back and save or something like that. It, yeah, yeah. Assess most, the risk. Yeah, most of the time it kind of just feels like a checkpoint system where it's like, okay, I reached a crystal, boom, I saved, awesome. That's my new checkpoint. That's what it is most of the time. But uh, but sometimes there is a little bit of risk reward to it as well, and uh, and I thought that that was awesome. I thought it was a really really great save system. 
Um, I haven't seen it since, so. (laughs) Yeah, well, so it's I think it's better than your average checkpoint system, mainly because it's really clear when it happens. You know, like one thing that is uh, that I think breaks immersion in games is when you don't know where your checkpoint is going to be. You know, you die and you're like, oh, no, I died. And then you spawn and you're like, oh, this is the checkpoint. Okay, that's a very immersion breaking experience, I think. Uh, Not. When you see where the checkpoint is? Yeah, like when you die and then you learn at the at your point of respawning where uh, the checkpoint okay. is, you know? Okay, yeah, it's I not terrible. I'm not going to ream on that design, you know? It's a I'm point just, of, yeah, I get you. But, like, yeah, I, I like it a lot more when you see the checkpoint and you're able to internalize right now there's a little bit of pressure off of you because uh-huh. it's like, boom, okay. I got it, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, I like that more, and that yeah, and that's what uh, and that's and that's what the crystal system does in Tomb Raider. So, and yeah, speaking I, of that, at least in a JRPG sense, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to talk too much about this, but holy shit, I've been playing uh, Legend of Dragoon, and man, is it fucking nice to know when you're about to have an encounter, to see an encounter. Like that game has the system of where you have a, a uh, like a, it's basically like you're playing Minesweeper while you're playing the game, where you have like a dot over your head that gets more and more red the more like close you are to an encounter but like even just having that is a huge relief so i totally get seeing that seeing your save point being a huge point of stress relief as well rather than just wondering where you vaguely might end up yeah yeah and uh that's interesting that that game has that system uh shin megami tensei also does that uh it lets you know like when when a random encounter is near yeah um but yeah, uh, so no other I games really... that you can think of that use that save point system though, where it just goes away after the first. I mean, the closest thing I can think of is Ink Ribbons from from Resident Evil, but that's way mm. different because that's like that's like Ink Ribbons are a currency that can be used on the on any save point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, like Ari has has save points strewn about. And ink ribbons are a currency that can be used at any one of them. You know, it's not like one just goes away. Um, So it's an interesting thing about Tomb Raider. uh, It's the first game I think I played where I drove a boat. Drove a boat? Are you talking about Angel of Darkness? No, 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 no. Uh, Okay, it was it was a PlayStation One Tomb Raider. But it was a demo disc, so it was a specific segment of a level where there's a boat. So maybe it might not even be the first game, it might be the second or third, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, I don't think, so the only boat I can think of in the first one, it was like a tiny little tugboat, and there's a lever that's like on the other side of the level, that if you pull the lever, it moves the tugboat like 10 feet, and then you can mm. come back and you can use it as a platform, and that's it. That's the only boat experience from what I remember. Okay, this might be two or three then, because you're actually, I, I, you're in like a canal system. I don't want to okay. call it Venice, but you're driving a boat in a, in town, in a very empty town uh, where uh, the streets are water, so. This sounds familiar to me. I think that this might be Tomb Raider 2, and it mm. might also be the reason that I grew up thinking that Tomb Raider was super boring and stupid. Uh, <laughs> because, like, I had a Tomb Raider demo, you know, when I was younger, and mm. I really liked it. But then Do you know we, which, uh, what, di- what kind of disc it came from? Uh, it was PlayStation Underground. Underground, and, uh, okay. Yeah, and, um, and and the demo was like this Great Wall of China level that uh, that was sweet. It was awesome, you know? But then we rented the game once, Tomb Raider 2, 
and uh, and yeah, like the first level, I think it was Venice, and yeah, you're in like canals, and you're on a boat, and it was, su- and as a kid, I was like, this is fucking stupid, you know, and so then, <laughs> and, and so then I just, yeah, I was just like, oh, Tomb Raider, yeah, that game sucks, you know, my whole life. Well, uh, okay, so that's, <laughs> that might be, it might be Venice then, because uh, the demo level, as far as I could get as a child playing this, was me getting on that boat going fuck this is cool boating in video games are you kidding me this is awesome and i thought laura i thought tomb raider was like a boating game for like a good bit of time Mm -hmm. so i was playing in this demo and i like uh, i I realized you could really only go down this one canal and once you got to the end of it you could go it like it was intersected perpendicular so you'd turn and then you have to go left or right but it's like you're at the you're at the end of a T section, and there's not really much to go f- forward or left. So you kind of have to go left or right or or right. So you just go down that way, and then the boat gets stuck because there's like a, a bridge. And I guess there's a switch somewhere in the level that you use to raise the bridge, so you can take the boat underneath it and get continue. But I never found it, and I was just having fun with boating <laughs> in a yeah. PS1 demo. Like, I, I don't know, man. I was I was I was amused by random shit in video games as a kid. I guess that's I guess it's an ADHD thing, but fucking. I, I I thought it was a boating game because that's all I did. I, that, yeah. That and 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 the fact that there were no enemies in that dem, dem that demo encounter, like there was no enemies and enemy encounters in there. You 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 moved around as Laura for a little bit. You got to use her guns, like you could pull out her guns and you could shoot and you could sh- and like you uh, holster them and you could and you could move around. You could jump, but you got in the boat and then that was the end of it. There was no enemies to shoot. There was nothing. And I couldn't find the switch, and that was the demo. I, I, I gotta stop you for one second. Have you been calling her Laura this whole time? <laughs> Lara. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, well, that was done anyway. But yeah, Lara, I don't know how you say I mean, she's British, right? Yeah, Lara is a name. It's La- a different name. So is Lara. I could say Lara. It's like if your name is Jake. Your name is not Jack. And it's <laughs> not okay for people to say Jack and be like, ah, oh, it's the same thing. Okay, so <laughs> how do you say? Okay, I'm just gonna use the excuse that I'm southern. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, that's acceptable. So my my only other, uh, I I guess another thing to bring up um, as just like a lukewarm point of my like review of Tomb Raider um, is that I did think that the combat in the game was only okay. You know. It was it was kind it kind of felt like combat was only in the game because they felt like it needed a little bit more action and not just platforming and just puzzles. So like it's basically whenever you walk into a certain place it's just oh there's a tiger, you know, and you got to shoot it with your guns that have infinite ammo. Um, and you just kind of jump around and shoot your guns at it, you know. Uh, it's not super good combat. It's not super engaging. Um, but you know, whatever has always been awkward as hell in Tomb Raider. Yeah. I mean, it it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. Uh, right. Like it was, uh, you know, it, it was just kind of like, it it felt like the weakest part of the game. That's, that's all. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it was just noticeably, uh, it's not like the focus of the game. Yeah. And it's, and it's noticeably less polished or, or less, uh, intriguing than the rest of the game at least i thought i feel like um, it's probably more uh combat is more of a means of solving a puzzle or 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 creating or, or you know overcoming an obstacle rather than actually meant to be a combat yeah 
Uh, one, yeah, like definitely. I mean, it it gives you, it does give you the idea that the place that you're in is dangerous, you know, and mm-hmm. that is something that they needed to do, you know. They need you to feel like, you know, that yeah. It, it, so that's actually a good point that like it really does have to be in the game because you know you need to you need to be threatened uh, in order to make the area that you're in more exciting. And that's a good point too because giving someone tank controls. And then saying this is how you aim your guns, good luck, really does create like a like hard wall of like skill, uh, you know, to say, hey, you could die right now to some easy shit. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, uh, I, I will say the I mean, the combat was definitely not very difficult to to do. Like Lara is pretty good with Lara is pretty good Lara. with uh with like her aiming, you know, like if something is to the um you know, she auto aims, right? She auto aims at a target and uh and like if it's to the right of of you, she's got two pistols, right? Mm-hmm. By the way, just as an aside, the way that she shoots her pistols is ridiculous. <laughs> she has two in in she has one pistol in each hand and she fires both of them simultaneously uh. <laughs> and in the same rhythm, you know, just blat, 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 both guns at the same time. It looks and sounds ridiculous. But anyway, maybe she's um, a stickler for coordination. You never know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, if there is something that's like off to the right side of you, um, you know, she will just uh, she will just um aim at it with her right hand only, you know, if only her right arm can see it, you know, and then if you turn towards it, then she gets both guns going. Uh, so yeah, the auto aim was like really good. Um, and what's interesting about the blat, 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 two guns simultaneously thing is that if she is shooting at it with just one gun and then you turn enough to enable the second gun, the second gun will start right away. And so they actually become off sync. Oh. So they were totally able to do blat, huh. blat, blat with, with, you know, alternating or, or whatever. I don't know. I've never fired two guns before, so I couldn't necessarily tell you exactly how I'd do it. But I feel H- like you fired a gun before. Uh, you know what? No, I've never fired a gun before. Well, no. I will say I, I, I was thinking about it as you were saying it. So having two pistols, if you had to aim down sights, you're okay (laughs) so from a video game perspective you immediately think it's a bad idea because your idea is well shit that's going to be way worse for rate of fire because my recoil is going to be higher because the balance rate of firing is imbalanced you have one big burst and then a big recovery time to aim again or you could do one over here and then that recovers and you're one over here then that recovers and then one over here but in real life it doesn't work that way you're going to be inaccurate as fuck if you fire two guns like that. And I mean, you're going to be accurate in general. Like, it depends on the caliber, obviously. But, like, thinking about it in real life, firing them both at the same time in one hand is probably going to actually net you maybe a little bit more accuracy, if not just from thinking about, you know, just the coordination of, of yeah. both fingers at the same time and accounting for the recoil with the same uh, timing. But, I mean, most people have their dominant hand a little bit stronger, so I think it's going to be different no matter what. I, I don't know. I'm just getting into the weeds with it. 
Well, I mean, I think the, just the idea of firing two guns at the same time, like, uh-huh. well, not not even necessarily like simultaneous, but like just the idea of having a handgun <laughs> in each hand is just kind of ridiculous anyway. I feel like you and I you could really be, think about it. I feel like you and I could be behind a rock getting shot at by someone who is firing that way and just be like, whoa, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Are you firing like both at the same time? <laughs> Why are you firing at the same time? Like The fact that that bothers us so much, it just gets to me. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, well, ultimately, the point, I guess, is that like, okay, if I were being shot at by another human, I would... I would be more scared of the person with one gun than with the person with two guns in either hand. You know what I mean? Like, if someone's got a gun in both <laughs> hands, yeah. I'm going to take my chances with their shitty accuracy Absolutely. than the one person who's able to two-handed line up a shot, you know? Especially if they're trying to, like, you know, double Desert Eagle it <laughs> right. to gigantic fucking pieces of metal. Um, so anyway, Lara, though, she's pretty fucking good with the two guns, so at least yeah, she that. has she has plot armor and plot accuracy. It's not a problem for her. Yeah, um, but yeah, so, so basically, uh, two Raider overall was a game where I mean it, it's just it's a killer game it's really good like you play as Lara she's cool you know she's like a she's like a badass femme fatale type who is you know not taking shit from nobody and she's on this adventure to to get this treasure right um Oh, yeah, but, sorry. No, no spoilers, if you don't mind. I do kind of want to play it myself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm just saying, you know, she's on this adventure to do this thing. Um, and and so that becomes a game where it is about platforming through treacherous obstacles and treacherous terrain, shooting at dangerous things, be they tigers or bears or whatever, solving puzzles that were set up by these old civilizations, you know. To <laughs> these find ancient civilizations are so fucking puzzles, good at making dude. puzzles, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, finding the keys to open the doors, you know, and like doing all the, you know, avoiding the traps, doing all this fun video game shit. It's just a great game, you know. Uh, and I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I had a great time with it and I would absolutely recommend it. I'd go so far as to say it might be be a must play you know it was really really excellent i was going to say uh earlier on i looked this up on price charting the og playstation uh tomb raider complete in box is not even priced at 20 dollars. so that's yeah. fucking cool i like that uh three um a little bit different mm-hmm. oh sorry never mind that's actually 12 dollars. i was looking at collector's edition uh yeah these are actually very affordable games if you want to own them physically i was hoping to find a long box version or a long box price but i can't i can't seem to find one but i, I feel like this game if there was a single long box game i feel like i would want to own it would be og tomb raider because even though i've never played the full game or beat it um it was one game that like to me encapsulates the like beginning of the ps1 era that i grew up in so it was something i saw in every magazine that i bought it was something like (laughs) like i i grew up seeing triangle titties like it was a thing that every kid my age like was ingrained with when it came to like when it came to gaming culture and like that was that was a big part of it and so like seeing seeing tomb raider actually played out is cool 
I, I didn't watch you beat it, thankfully. I tried to pay not enough attention to it where I, I feel like I could still enjoy it. But from from the look of it, I was impressed by how the physics handled uh, uh, compared to the PS2 abomination we, we both played. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I guess that's about it. One funny thing about the playthrough was that... Um, I mentioned that like all of the story comes in like between levels and uh, and it's all FMV, you know, which was mm. great. Uh, however, my disc isn't in the greatest condition that I oh, got, no. and the FMVs were very skippy. Skippy, yep. And so I spent the entire time with uh, during the FMVs just worrying that it was going to freeze at any oh, moment. Oh, no. Uh, and so I didn't internalize any of it. At the end of the game, I have no <laughs> clue what oh, the story man. was. Oh, man. Damn, that sucks. <laughs> I couldn't See, tell you a single character name who isn't Lara oh, you know <laughs> I, honestly here okay next time that happens do uh, what I recommend doing pause the game if you can once you know you get over like you can skip the cutscene if you think it's going to be an issue or you think you might freeze the game mm-hmm. uh, once you save of course pause and just YouTube the cutscene because you can find like all these cutscenes like, yeah I suppose just 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 like It'll usually be like a, a single video that it'll be like Tomb Raider 1, all cutscenes or all boss battles, all possible endings, that sort of thing. And then just kind of like timestamp your way through it as you need to. Um, yeah. It, it's it's a, a way that I've, I've done a few things before too. And also like it's a great way to uh, – if you're like me and you, you play a game – that you don't really want to beat eight other times to see the all the other endings. Just just YouTube it. It's yeah. up there. Well, on the bright side, my brother actually gave me a copy of Tomb Raider Two, and it is pristine. So I'm not uh, I'm not worried that I'm going to have the same issue with Tomb Raider Two. Um, but nice. yeah, the first the first game, I, maybe I, I I probably should actually just go YouTube all the cutscenes uh, just for myself. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's about what I have to say about Tomb Raider. It was great. You should play it. Nice. Nice. I do want to, I want, I gotta gotta pick it up. Um, I have been spending approximately four hours combined total with a game called Stalker Shadows Mm -hmm. of Chernobyl. Um, I, I decided to play it because it's a game that, uh, well, Long story short, I'm a, I'm a traveling technician for my daily job. I put a lot of miles in between my work, and uh, I have a lot of time to listen to shit. So I listen to like a lot of uh, YouTube and shit, alternate history, and a lot of that stuff, uh, and a lot of like I, I'm interested in the atomic agents and, and shit like that too. So the fallout stuff is is fun to learn through. But Stalker was something that I always heard was something amazing and i never personally got into it myself and i heard it if you're into alternate history or any kind of um realism you should be into this game um it's like a cult game <laughs> like a, one of those like cult classic games where like a lot of people are into it and uh and a lot of people that are into it are a very small group <laughs> when i say a lot of people but the people that are into it are super into it so um i decided to see what it's about and i think i made the big mistake of trying to stream it first which uh my mistake my bad um first off this is a game from what's it like around 2010 it's it's about a decade old which are actually 2008 it might be um it's older than i thought it was or it's, it's older than um it's not as old as i thought it was but it is um 
it is aged less less well than other games um yeah like, it's like counter-strike it's from that window of time where pc ports were like very bad bad, bad. <laughs> yeah uh, and actually uh question is this a pc port well, I, I realized when I said the word port that this might not actually be a PC port. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure it started as a PC game, but I think there might be a console uh, version of it. I'm pretty sure there is a console uh, version, maybe like for 360, um, or maybe just OG Xbox. I'm not sure. 2008. That's 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 a that's tough to time. That's that's the end of the Xbox oh, and yeah. beginning of the 360. So. I guess it was only on. Uh, it was only on PC. Just so PC? yeah, I don't. I don't mean. Uh, I guess I don't mean PC ports. Hey, for the record, PC ports were very bad <laughs> around this time. Yeah, um, they were. But my yeah, God, yeah. oh God, uh, don't even get me started on Wolfenstein: New Order. Jesus. <laughs> um. Anyway, but yeah, this way, game... The game was tough to get running. You're saying, right? Yeah, I think you were. You you actually rated me. Thank you for that, by the way. Um, yeah. As soon as I started to try to play the game, and I think what proceeded was like 45 minutes following of just figuring out why this game from 2008 was 99 100 percenting uh, a GTX 1660 Ti. Uh, not a new mother or not a new card but not an old card and you know not nothing to shake a stick at i would think right. but a lot better than what was out what was available at the time yeah mm-hmm. like it's 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 crazy anyway um i still haven't figured that out uh one person suggested a mod package which was minin i believe minin suggested a mod package i want to say and i installed that and i'm i'm sure that fixed a lot of in-game issues but it didn't fix the performance issue at all um and it still has not i've heard from a lot of different forum posts that you can just turn the grass uh uh, a density down and so i did that and it did cut it down by like two percent now it's at like 98 percent when i'm playing it it's crazy mm. but the game looks fine and it's running at 60 frames it's just why is the background see it, it, it feels like it feels like my utilization should be at like 20 percent tops anyway if a game is running at 60 FPS, but your GPU is pegged out, yeah, uh, I, I'm not to like troubleshoot you in the middle of a live show, right? But what You're that good. immediately sounds like to me is that the game is actually running at like 400 frames per second, and that's exactly what I thought. But yeah. it has a limit to it, it, VSync limits it to 60 frames anyway. Okay. So that was I was thinking that as well, but yeah, unfortunately, that's not the issue. Um, it's i still haven't figured it out yet but the game is just not optimized long story short so i already had about all that you know 45 minutes of troubleshooting just going on in my stream when i started to play it and then when i actually just gave up and said let's put it on potato mode which to be honest low graphic settings in that game not all that different from high like the game looks like PUBG on 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 like low it, mm-hmm. The game looks like Half-Life 2 on medium to high. Um, that's that's about the graphics you should kind of expect to see. And, and also the same with like the facial animation and the talking. That's I was pretty impressed with that for the time. I, but to be fair, I think in that time, you know, facial animation was like a thing to 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 market your game with. Like that was like a thing to show off graphics wise at the time. Anyway, um, I, I I made the mistake of getting into the game with technical issues and then i found out that the game is kind of more like a slow burn game um it was probably the first ever game that i've played with a wide array of accurate and uh uh you know 
well depicted real current um submachine guns assault rifles uh you know pistols like the, the physics are real the ammunition short of the whole like you waste ammunition when you reload a, a magazine that isn't fully spent short of that the actual combat and and, and realistics like realistics like realism of the game is very impressive to me like there is um i'm, I'm gonna go off on a tangent here but i was i was trying to say it's a slow burn kind of game essentially imagine the Elder Scrolls Morrowind with guns. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I was getting at. It's got all these realistic guns, physics, and all this sort of thing, but like, it's not fast-paced battlefield. It's not Call of Duty. It's not even Fallout, dude. Like Fallout has a lot more going on at any given moment than I think this does. However, this game's mechanics and realism are kind of more passive. I think I was playing it for a solid hour earlier, and while the game doesn't follow a realistic, like, you know, real-time clock during the day, it does follow an actual time and weather pattern like an open-world game would. Uh, say, like, Morrowind has, like, weather patterns. Or not Morrowind, but, like, like Skyrim will have, like, weather patterns. Uh fallout 2, because I think I think they were kind of developed in the same, in the same uh, technique. Anyway, th- the game feels real. Um... After a little while of being out in the in the wild, I got a notification that I was hungry, but I didn't get a noti- notification that I was hungry. I got a notification that I was hungry in green. And so that brings up how you can also, there, there's like a system of green, yellow, red for your notifications, like, I, I guess, intensity or, or uh, I don't know what you'd call it, but uh, you have, a, you have a, a scale of, of your needs. So like, if I get shot... I'm going to take damage. My health bar is going to go down, obviously. But most likely, I'm going to see a green drop uh, 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 of what you would assume is blood because it's got like a little uh, little plus meter into, into the middle of it indicating health. So I know now that I am going to keep bleeding until I apply a specific bandage uh, to heal myself. I can't just eat food uh, like eat a piece of bread or eat a can of tuna, which by the way, all have realistic models like an Elder Scrolls game would. Like they go into your inventory, which by the way is kind of like the Resident Evil square grid inventory, you know, that you choose what takes up space and what takes up, uh, what has weight, etc. cetera. Um, I can eat food, but that won't stop the bleeding. Or I can, uh, I can fucking... Um, I don't know. There's lots of the different things. Like there's radiation in the game, obviously, because you're you're dealing with a post nuclear radiation uh, incident in this game. Um, so you have all these different kinds of ways for the game to tell you, "Hey, you're fucked up, and here's how to fix it." So I really appreciate that. I don't have a whole lot of insight into the, what the game is about yet, and I can't. I, I, I've heard with the story, you can give away a whole lot, and there'll be a whole lot of spoilers. So I don't want to do that either. And I, obviously, to be honest, I don't know too much of the story yet. But like, it's it, all of this stuff I'm describing to you now was off stream. I had to kind of be in the moment with this game. I had to take my time with it. I had to understand that, uh, well, first of all, save scumming is 100% a thing. So <laughs> I had to go to an area 
and assess with my binoculars, by the way, that you have, uh, you get little uh, highlights of enemies or threats in there. You look around. Okay, so this guy's here. This guy's here. This guy's here. Can he see me? Can he see me? If he can see me, then that guy's going to start shooting me the second I kill this guy with a headshot. Excuse me. And headshots are an instant kill in this game. So that's that's nice. But this game also has damn realistic aiming. Like, holy shit, dude. I cannot just, like, from, uh, you know, 60 meters away, hold my pistol up, iron sight you for about 10 straight minutes before, you know, I analyze your pattern of movement before you patrol around and then stand still and then, and then you know, just study and then fire and then just get a shot off like a sniper at 60 meters i can't do that i can shoot that same shot and actually <laughs> showing that it's an old school mouse and keyboard game not move the mouse at all the recoil won't actually move there's not like a recoil system that i can recall there might be and i'm just totally talking out my ass but like i can shoot and i'm almost 100 percent certain my gun will after a couple seconds return to the same exact point that my mouse was aiming at there's no way I'm going to get a headshot with one to two of those shots. I'm going to have to spend my entire magazine in that pistol uh, before one of those shots even hopes to reach uh, maybe even a body shot, a leg shot. Fucking if, if he goes down instantly, uh, it was a headshot. And that, that kind of brings me to my next point. You don't have like that classic like Call of Duty or Battlefield ticker to, to, to know when, you, when your shots have landed. You just kind of know when someone dies when they're not moving anymore <laughs> yeah and you can kind of hear their like uh, the game has a good audio uh like 3d audio um environment but spatially it's very static you can very much tell an exact distance based off of how far away it sounds uh and you can almost pinpoint <laughs> based off of your stereo with your headphones exactly where it is once you center the sound mm -hmm. so you know it's, it shows its age that way but at the same time thinking about games from this point of time like half-life 2 uh mechanically nowhere near this level of realism man this is like arma 2 level like project reality level uh uh intensity of graphics are not the, the the point here my uh my my traversing the environment assessing risk and and navigating cover and uh, fucking uh the economy of my of my of my ammunition versus my health versus what kind of of of, of uh, health kit do i have on me you know there's a lot of decisions that get made in a small amount of time and it's one of those games where the realism takes point in such where graphics are kind of just there for your point of reference in the environment to navigate you know so you mentioned um, <clears throat> that you didn't want to talk too much about story, but like, mm -hmm. what is the? I, I don't know if you've met really even said what the setting is yet. Like, what mm -hmm. what what starts you off in the game? Like, well, who are you? What are you doing right away? Very much like an Elder Scrolls game, it starts off with no context of what's going on except for uh, of of what's immediately around you, and and like. Uh, in, in this game, you have no NPC to kind of go, hey, wake up, you were shaking, like Jube and, and Morrowind. You kind of just have to hit, you kind of have to know to hit the P key to understand that P stands for PDA 
and you'll pull out a PDA from 2008 uh, and, and actually you'll read your journal and you'll kind of go, oh, so you, it's one of those situations where you have amnesia and you're kind of just like, oh, well, this guy uh, found me in this area. And I was just kind of woke up. I felt like I was comatose or some shit like that. And uh, well, to be quite honest, I'm in a really fucking rough area right now. And uh, these guys seem to have the authority. So um, he's asked me to do this. And clearly they take interest in me because they haven't killed me yet. And uh, apparently I, I might have some kind of immunity to one of the hazards of the environment here. So I've been tasked to go do this for this guy because he's the main trader of this outpost area and now yada yada. So story-wise, there's really nothing there to start you off except for the idea that you're in Chernobyl. Well, Pripyat, I guess, you know, the exclusion zone. And it's the year 2008. This doesn't take place in like, what is it, uh, 1986 when the Chernobyl uh, plant disaster went through. Um, right. no, this actually happens, and I'm only gleaming this from the PDA. There's no, the, the, game, the game hands you nothing. It actually says um, with, the, with the news reports, all that people know was there was an explosion in the Chernobyl area. And uh, it is assumed that it came from within the sarcophagus, which I thought was badass because that immediately places you in a point of reference for time, which I guess you kind of have to know a little bit of history of, of about Chernobyl. But Chernobyl, after the plant blew up, they had to build it a sarcophagus to house uh, from all the radiation just kind of, you know exploding towards the sky and all of Europe therein. So uh, they have a sarcophagus built and it's assumed that the explosion took place within the sarcophagus. Like, oh fuck, something happened in the plant. Maybe the fucking uh, corium reached the groundwater and exploded from steam or some shit. Who knows? But then you see that it actually apparently happened about a half kilometer down the road from the Chernobyl plant. And so uh, you're 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 kind of just left to wonder what the fuck actually happened um and and so there are apparently anomalies like gra apparently they're gravitational anomalies you can see them because light bends around them and they make noise and you're kind of like you're a little it's i don't know if it's actually a geiger counter but like you have a little thing that kind of goes off and show like your your screen contrast your brightness will go up and your contrast will go up and you'll start taking damage and you have to get away. So I don't know if it's radiation or whatever, but they call it a gravitational anomaly. There's different anomalies that like are painful to get near, but like you're supposed to, I, I don't even know what you're supposed to do. That's how far I am in the game. I, I know almost nothing. Uh, excuse me, nothing. It's just kind of like there's awful shit that happened after a second Chernobyl disaster and you're left to you're left to deal with uh, this area. And there's a couple of factions in the game. Like there's one called uh, oh man, I'm gonna fuck it up already. But there's bandits, and then there's another one called like the I think it's called like the 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 F the the word or the 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 truth or something. I can't remember what it's called. But the like F the, word. The F word. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's it, it's like a it's like a group that essentially they're. Uh, their task is to come in and k 
kill everything because everything is an irradiated mess, except it's not radiation. It's just there's some shit going on. And the Russian or, or, or I guess Ukrainian government at this point in time is trying to like contain what's going on. Um, they're also after the artifacts that you can find that these, these radioactive or anomalous artifacts that I just mentioned. Um, except like, it's that your PDA tells you that this faction is like, these are the only factions that will not ever trade these artifacts outside of the exclusion zone because they're dangerous. They're hazardous materials and they're government officials. So they're, they, they want to contain and hide away. Um, and, and yeah, there's just like, there, there are bandit raids there. Are, there's you as a survivor. There's you as a, what's known as a stalker. Uh, and the stalkers are just this group of, of, uh, people, I guess, that I'm that I'm in, encamped with. <laughs> Do you that fight I've, like uh, like two headed pigs and stuff sometimes, or is yeah, it all humans? So so Fallout like those kind of crazy creatures aren't really a thing here. So like I mean they are, but they aren't. The first kind of creatures you encounter are blind dogs, and they look like they don't have fur. They just like kind of like you know how uh, ghouls are in the Fallout universe. Imagine yeah. those are dogs. But uh, okay. the dogs are blind and your PDA tells you that uh, the dogs actually evolved all their senses after going blind to be like you know to, 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 to compensate and apparently they out uh, out competed, out evolved the the dogs with vision in the zone so now all the dogs are actually blind all hmm. the actual blind dogs packed together and 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 out like competed uh the other dogs in the area they're gigantic boars so that's kind of a thing um, okay the boars are huge but they're just like boars right they're boars that have just like mutatedly large muscle um and yeah aside from just like anomalies and and bandits and shit that you're you're kind of just like left to your own devices in this not open world, open world kind of game where you just figure out how to survive. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. I haven't, I've gotten so, so very not far in the game. It's, it's hard to talk about this early. Yeah. And sorry if you already kind of went over this, but um, it's, it's relatively nonlinear, right? As in like, well, you say that, and I kind of thought it was going to be nonlinear. I thought it was going to be open world. Like how uh, you start at the South part of a map where your outpost is, and you just kind of go North following a road uh, or, or, or following a bridge or something. Maybe there's barbed wire fence. So you can't go over there. Um, but like, there's big maps that you navigate and, and, and kind of have to tactically place yourself uh, to, to, to have success in combat and not die. But like it feels open, but when you get to the objective, you kind of do your thing, you loot the corpses, you get through, and then like maybe you'll get to an area and where I guess a traditional game of this area would just kind of just stop everything, put you in a loading screen and then, you know, progress you like a linear game would this just asks you would you like to go to the next level and i i didn't know what the fuck that meant like no i just want to go out this door to the house to go over there in that area of open world that i was just in that i saw that i navigated i just want to go through there um does this mean i want to level up my skill do i have a skill tree that i don't i'm not aware of like what's going on here um no uh it's literally like yes i want to go to the next level and then you kind of load into another open world kind of area but you can go back if you want do, do you want to go to the previous level and then yeah you'd go back there so it's kind of like a 
open level that is linear kind of game. It's weird. It, hmm. I, it, it's I've never encountered it before. Gotcha. So like yeah, so so definitely not something you know where it's just like a linear uh, uh, type of thing like Half Life Two or Crisis or something like that. Yeah, um, not, not like that because that was definitely yeah. like you just go through it. There's a loading screen and you're in the next level. The, yeah, this is not that. This is like you go through it and the game just kind of. You want a loading screen? You can have one if you want. I guess. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Interesting. Well, cool. Um. I, I, so do you see yourself uh playing more of it this week yeah probably but like this seems one of those like really one of those off game stream or off stream games but mm-hmm. maybe not maybe now that i know it's a much slower burn it's it, i i guess i just kind of needed to get my bearings straight first i kind of just needed yeah. to this is one of those games where okay so uh, when i streamed this my experience was okay I, I've just told you the story. Uh, the guy, the trader dude was like, okay, now you, basically you're my bitch. I own you. Go do this. So uh, I go do this and the, go do this means go find this wounded stalker. <laughs> this wounded stalker. We, we we had our buddies go over there to this area here to see if there's an abandoned encampment here and they haven't reported back. I'm worried about them. Go check on them. So you go check on them. One of them is dead in the dirt <clears throat> after you kill the enemies around you. And it's not like this firefight just happened. You just kill some enemies and then you get to them. And one, the other one is uh, what the game considers neutralized. Um, this game, in addition to having like, an ad- <laughs> this game has two prone, or not, not, not prone, but this game has two crouches. It has crouch and low crouch to, to give you an idea. Oh, it also has the, the corner look sway oh, kind yeah. of thing so I it has to ask about this earlier yeah okay yeah it has like the like the uh the advanced early 2000s first person shooter uh uh mechanics that no one cares about actually mm-hmm. in modern games uh it has all those um so it doesn't have a prone stance but it does have like for npcs that are injured or neutralized they're down they're alive but they're not going to get back up. So that's kind of like a cool uh, transitory period where you can kind of be like, okay, uh, what's this guy going to do if he's laying down and screaming? You know? You know what I mean? Like, I can kill everyone, or I can put this guy down and let his buddies come near him, and then I can take them all out by flanking them with an SMG, you know? It's stuff like that. So... Um, in this case, it's a friendly NPC because it's another stalker. So you happen upon him and he's like, help, I'm dying, etc." But you know, I'm dying, but in Ukrainian. And, uh, so (laughs) here's how I happened upon this. I killed the enemy, uh, and the enemy being like two or three NPCs in a firefight where I had very limited ammo, probably like one or two magazines, if, if even that one and a half. Um, so I was trying to place headshots, and that's when I found out that man, the the, the ammo is or the, uh, the aim is not consistent, which is nice because it's like very realistic. Um, and just about at the rest of my ammo, uh, took two two out, took all my ammo, and I think I had to take a knife to the to the other guy, two face stabs, and he was down. I'm dying, literally bleeding. I have the literally bleeding out status. Um, I happen upon my 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 quest objective. These these two gentlemen, one and a half, <laughs> and uh, well, zero point five, I guess I should say. And uh, 
man, this is how it goes. Oh my God, I'm dying. Oh, hey guys, what's up? Oh, you guys don't look so good. Oh, hang on. What's this guy got? Oh my God. Holy shit. A health pack. Thank fuck. I heal myself up. Oh God. Assess the area. No more threats. Dear God. Cool. I'm going to go up to the other guy. Talk to him. Oh, I'm dying. I need a health pack. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, oh, oh, wait. I'll, okay. He's like, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Actually, let me rephrase that. Need a health pack. My body over there should have one. <laughs> I go, oh, oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. about that. So I'm sitting here with, you know, a chat audience like what do i do uh oh fuck what do i do i don't know what to do he's bleeding he's dying he needs help i used his only lifeline um and to to be fair the objective of the quest was or <laughs> to the quest the objective was to go kill these things kill these guys get this thing uh however these guys haven't reported back that's kind of the vibe so i'm of the uh, idea that these guys are kind of like optional i used the guy's health kit and uh dude man's gonna bleed out and i don't know what to do at this point so he's literally crying out to me and i'm like <sighs> i've got like a couple bullets <laughs> so i shoot the guy in the head and like my chat's like oh no 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 you have to go over here just use this you no 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 use this and then like they see me cap the dude in the head like, oh, well, you know, I guess that's a thing you can do. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that's kind of the beauty of the game. Um, I think if I didn't save Scummit there, I actually think I could have gone on and the dialogue options would be different about that character who I decided to kill. Um, or even the stalkers I met later on might have been hostile because there's actually a hostility kind of system in the game. You... Side note, another thing I like about this game a whole lot, you cannot approach anyone with a, a weapon drawn. If you approach with your weapon drawn, they immediately draw your weapon on them and they're pissed off at you, like immediately, yeah. even if they're friendly, which is cool. I like that a whole right. lot. Right. Um, yeah, like if, if you're going to do any kind of system like yeah. that, you can't half-ass it, you know? Like I've seen games half-ass it where mm-hmm. characters just kind of mention it, you know? But it's like if you're walking up to someone with your gun pointed at them, they're going <laughs> to do more than just be like, eh, you know? Uh-uh. What's this? Yeah, gun drawn. Uh-huh. A thousand percent. Yeah, big fan. Big fan. I I just, I, it, I'm going to need a lot more time with it in order to actually see what's going on. And I, I've heard even uh, Shadows of Ch- or Chernobyl or whatever it's called, the game I'm playing, which is the first, is not even canonically where, like, the the, the beginning of the timeline. So I think there, I think Clear Skies actually might be the first part of the story. I, I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, it sounds really cool. Yeah, we we have someone in chat saying it sounds like old school Tarkov. No, this is like, well, I don't know if you meant old school Tarkov, like as in Tarkov in a first build, or if you just mean a Tarkov that is an old school game, which I guess would make a lot more sense. So yeah, I, I think I've not played Tarkov. That, I think they said that specifically when you were describing the um, realisticness of the aiming mechanics. Yeah, I think uh, so too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I've not tried Tarkov, but I've heard Tarkov is supposed to be stupid realistic too. So gotcha. maybe something in that Tarkov might have been inspired by Stalker even. Not sure. You know, so someone explained Tarkov to me once and like when I asked about it, I was curious about it, but um whatever answer it was, it it went in one ear and went out the other. <laughs> I I do not remember at all what they described to me. Well, you're generally not a big multiplayer person, are you? 
Yeah, that might have been it. <laughs> they might have said it. It's this multiplayer game where, and I already quit listening. <laughs> Which still puzzles me to this day because I, I know I keep saying because you'd be amazing at it, but literally the reason I think multiplayer games are just so amazing is because it, it, it makes the interaction so unpredictable. Yeah, and you kind of have to study a person by like it's a person by person basis, and I I, I love that ever changing, always having to be on your toes. Like you can't just like, you know, with a speed run or something, you, there's just a set strat, and you follow that and evolve and build upon it. You know, it's just a thing you do. But like with a, each person's different, you know. I, I can face one Ryu player in Street Fighter Five that will I, I fucking this has happened the other day. I could face five Ryu's and. Three of them will play the same way, and two of them will play completely different and fall for absolutely the dumbest shit possible, but the biggest brain shit I do will just be completely lost like i they, they will just have an answer for every smart big brain idea i could I could do in in, in combat and and like they could fall for the stupidest shit, so it's like well, you can't just study Ryu, you have to study how Ryu gets used. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I get the appeal. Like, I, I, you know, I watch a decent amount of, like, Smash Bros. and stuff. You know, I, I really enjoy watching it. Smash Bros. is just another thing, though, entirely. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. That's the whole thing with fighting games is that, like, I say, well, I like Smash Bros. And, you know, then, then I just, I get told that's not, it's not the right one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Smash Bros. is entirely its own thing, in my opinion. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. I'm not saying it doesn't take skill. I'm just saying it's a whole different set of skills. <laughs> right, right. I think it. I think it has the thing you're talking about in common, though, where it's like you can fight five different people who are playing as the same character, yeah, and for it's sure. gonna be way different each time. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Yep. Uh, well, that's all about that I could say about Stalker. I, I think. Um, Excellent. I think, I, I, I think pretty much the only thing else I've been playing lately is just more Vermintide. I've been getting a lot deeper into that and playing the classes a little bit deeper, which I think. No real update there, but my criticism initially of the uh, skill tree system that I was talking about, how they're the same exact skill tree from character to character, like class to class with within the same character, because, you know, one character will have like four classes. Yeah. The skill trees are shared, and they don't change based off of like the role for that class. So you kind of just have to vaguely get something near to the role that you want to play. And it never quite really works. Like, there's a warrior priest that I played, and I want just because I wanted a dedicated healer. And man, that class is literally just all about hitting shit and kind of just like your 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 class kind of benefiting off of it if they're in the peripheral. <laughs> there's just no like, there's no exploration in the skill tree so far. But that was yeah, my criticism sure. last time. I just wanted to expound upon that. But yeah, I haven't played too much other stuff other than uh, other than that and sure, fighting sure. games. Um, I've got a couple like little things I've been, I've been playing a little bit, um, you know, not ready to do a full talk about them yet, but you know, to, so that you guys know, I've been playing more of Alundra on PS1. I will have a lot to say about that once I'm done with it, I'm sure. And then I just started Paper Mario for, uh, for N64. Nice dude. I'll have some stuff to say about that as well. I would uh, love to talk about that because I didn't actually beat that and I haven't played any other Paper Mario, but that is, man, I I think that's also just another highlight for me when I, when I talk about how for some reason I just, I'm not a huge Mario fan 
but every like n- like weird offshoot kind of Mario game for me is just fantastic. Like yeah. fucking Paper Mario is fucking awesome. Paper Mario is very good so far, and yeah, I I'm, I'm sure I'll have more to say about it once I get further in it. Yeah. But yeah, for today, I'm totally cool with uh, with just a shorter episode since we already uh, talked about our stuff. Let's do it. There there is a, a little news update um as far as uh, as far as streaming goes. Uh I actually made Twitch partner. You made partner uh, like, a, like a week ago or Congrats, two weeks man. ago or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Um pretty cool. Uh yeah, it's it's been really good because I, 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 I started streaming full time, uh, you know, of a, a, a while back and uh and yeah, it's it's so far it's going great. Made partner. That's a huge milestone. And um, yeah, yeah, man, you, you you were getting that Final Fantasy VII speedrun shit down to a science. I, I I was not surprised at all to see your viewership just explode from that. Uh, I I was definitely carried by the Final Fantasy VII community for sure. Um, yeah, FF Seven is uh, has been absolutely huge well, uh, also- for the channel. You also just like straight up will like bust out a game review <laughs> like in the middle of your streams. Like you'll have like a five minute segment of someone redeems it where you just have an opinion about one of the very many games in your shells behind you. So it's more than just Final Fantasy seven speedruns for sure. Well, I appreciate that. Um, and yeah, I mean, that is definitely like, uh, uh, you know, they're they're. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and yeah, well, actually, on that on that note, you know, the 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 best thing I don't want to only be a speedrunner, right? Because we talk about all these other games that I play, and I love doing first playthroughs of of, of games that I never got a chance yeah. to play through. And um, and yeah, what's what's really nice is that even though there is definitely like a significant uptick in viewership for Final Fantasy VII, it does trickle down into the other stuff as well in a really good way what other as stuff in, um, uh, as in like non you know just like Tomb Raider or Alundra or something right you know when I like just a year ago right a year ago if I had 20 people in the stream that was a great day for me you know 20 mm-hmm. awesome you know um nowadays right nowadays ff7 does great that does great numbers but if i'm just doing a lunder or paper mario now i'm still seeing uh you know double or triple that you know oh yeah yeah um, yeah i see what just you're doing yeah. whatever right you're or, saying you're still getting higher viewership on the things that aren't just yeah i get you exactly like ff7 definitely carried me and gave me this giant boost right and it's mostly thanks to that but it does but like you know it that doesn't mean that that's all i can do anymore because oh, absolutely every, not. everything else is growing as well which which is is the the most exciting part of it like i did a drum stream the other day drum streams used to be something where only like the closest regular viewers cared anything about you know um usually i would see like five people in for a drum stream you know uh, but even that, right? I did one the other day uh, for the first time in a while, because that was the thing is that I was kind of avoiding doing those for a while because since I was specifically going for partnership, I wanted to, you know, keep the average numbers up and kind of avoid doing too much of things that were just offshoot things, yeah. you know, such as drumming. Um, but yeah, I did a I did a drum stream the other day, and that had like thirty people, right? So um, yeah, you you get more eyeballs in general. So you know, it's cool to see that you can see that you can bring more eyeballs to the other things that you want to do as well. Exactly. So yeah, that's just uh, that's been exciting. But uh, 
Yeah. So that's. They might that. be happy for you. It's awesome. Pretty cool. All right. That's it. That's my news update. It happened. <laughs> nice. Yeah, man. Other than uh, on that stuff for me, I'm. I, you're at where I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to get to my own house here soon. So we're we're like hoping to find a place to where we can actually get it get settled in for once, and actually I can have a studio and set up all the fucking systems in one area. I have like you know the ability to just kind of sit down, put a disc or cartridge in, and press a fucking button and play a video game. How simple and amazing totally. would that be? Yep, How, absolutely. I can't wait till I can do that. Yeah, awesome. I, it's gonna be it's gonna be dope when that happens. But yeah, man, I'm um I'm I'm out for this week. All right, all right. Good uh, good talking to everyone. Appreciate y'all tuning in. We'll see y'all on episode thirty five next time. Yeah, see ya. Peace out, y'all. Later.